everybody. This is the official SEC Slow Smoke Week 7 preview, or excuse me, not preview, recap episode. I'm your host, Alex, aka Bullshit One. I have my homie, Whole Smash, in the house, and I think I have my homie, Jebby, what the fuck in the house. Jebby, in the, what the fuck in the house? You ready? You ready to start the show? Hell yeah, I'm ready to start, get this shit started. I had a fun weekend, uh... In Auburn, Alabama. So uh, let's uh, let's get this shit on the road. You know, actually, that's not a good phrase. Uh, let's just uh, let's just get this shit on the road. How about that? <laughs> that that works too. That works too. Debbie, you wanna officially officially start the show? Yeah. Uh, how is it that you like me to start this? Debbie, don't play dumb. We just talked about this for ten minutes. Go ahead, man. Okay. All right. So in honor of uh, Tennessee snapping their long, nearly two-year losing streak. Okay. Wish that I was on old Rocky Top down in the Tennessee Hills. Ain't no smoggy smoke on Rocky Top. Ain't no telephone bills. Once I had a girl <laughs> on Rocky Top, half bear, the other half cat. Shut up, Alex. <laughs> Wild as a mink, but sweet as soda pop. I still dream about that. Let's go, Holt. Rocky Top, you'll <laughs> always be home sweet home to me. Good old Rocky Top. Woo! Rocky Top, <laughs> Tennessee. Man, um, I bet you... We definitely did not hear that enough on Saturday, because yeah. Tennessee's band, like, never plays it, so... I, we were, and just to give you a little little heads up, we were actually at the game live. SEC Slow Smoke was live in Auburn at the game Saturday morning. Um, and I was thinking about that too, actually, whole, when we were there, I was thinking about like how, um, the away team's band works out or coordinates with the home team's band, like who plays when and like how you're not supposed to play over the speaker or this, the, um, the PA announce and all that stuff. So I just was trying to figure out how it happens, how it happens, like how they coordinate it out. But I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a band director. Myself. Well, I, I noticed that there, there was a couple of different times where both bands were playing at the same time. Yeah. And it sounded like, like, I guess we're a little bit closer to the uh, Tennessee band, but it sounded like they were drowning out the Auburn van, at least from our vantage point, just because maybe we're a little bit closer to them. Oh, we asked this question while we were there. Um, I asked this question to you. By the way, I probably asked, like, way too many questions for Holt's, Holt's liking when we were together. We got a lot of quality time this weekend. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just glad me and Holt are still friends. They didn't just, like, tell me to shut the fuck up or act like he was dead or something. <laughs> but uh, Well, we almost we almost did die because we picked up some Bojangles and you were – like trying to swerve all over the road, or trying to dick or, or dip your chicken biscuit, <laughs> <laughs> dip dip your chicken biscuit in the gravy while you were driving, swerving all over the interstate. Is that what you call it? Dipping gravy. That sounds so good. Dicking gravy. <laughs> so you made it sound like some type of way yeah. on top of that. You said dip your chicken in the gravy. <laughs> should, should make that a thing. Like but for your information, wow. we actually did go to Bojangles, and we did not go to Bojangles in Fairfield. We went to the one in Atlanta. We went probably like ten or fifteen minutes out of the way to go to Bojangles in um, Doraville, as opposed to the one in Fairfield, which is on the way from Atlanta to Auburn. Because why, JB? Why did why shouldn't we go to the one? In, or why didn't we go to the one in Fairfield? Uh, is there such thing as a Fairfield, Georgia? I was not Fair, aware of that. Fairburn, excuse me, Fairburn, sorry. Yeah, the reason you didn't go to the Fairburn, Fairburn, or, god damn it, uh, Fairburn location. They put dick in your chicken. No, not that. They didn't, we, you didn't go to the Fairburn location because I told you to. Why? Because they didn't have 
Cajun filet biscuits. They had no Cajun fillets. That is your signature item, Bojangles. What the hell, man? And also, uh, their management was just, you know, wasn't really there that morning. Obviously, a lot of them just didn't want to be there. But the main thing is that the Cajun fillets were out. And that's your signature item. Give you a little more background information. JB and his crew, they, they were hanging out with us the entire weekend. We even, get, we even gave him free lodging here in, in the uh, ATL. I hooked him up with some free lodging. And uh, him and his crew wanted to get there really early. I guess they wanted to walk around the campus and feel like a student there or something. And they left an hour before me and hold. So that's why we didn't go to the same Bojangles at the same time. So two cars. There's a lot of people that went. But they went to the one in Fairburn. Didn't like it, and I guess you didn't. You didn't tell them while you were there, JB, that they didn't know who you who they they were fucking with. You were like the Bojangles VIP that had. Yeah, you should have should have worn your Bojangles shirt. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really should have said. I should have said like, "Hey, I got a shirt in the car here. I will show you my royalty, and you should be bringing me a chicken biscuit from the back that hasn't <laughs> been opened from its package yet." Yeah. <laughs> JB's like a platinum Bojangles member. He's got like the platinum cord. And get down on your knees and serve me some chicken biscuits. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say um, was Bojangles was, was pretty good. No Miss Winners. That's kind of anticlimactic because we were we were supposed to – we were destined to go to Miss Winners. We, we hyped it up, but we ended up going to Bojangles instead. But no big deal. Bojangles still pretty good. Just, we'll have to get winners next time. Um, they, they come near us, which I don't know when they're – they actually are in Atlanta, but they're not everywhere else because they're not doing as well financially. But – we went to Bojangles, and the question I was going to ask Holt was about the bands. Where I was wondering if the band directors actually like shake hands before games, like the head coaches, because yeah, um, because I don't know how they discuss. Like, hey, we're going to play this song at this point, and we're gonna, I'm going to let you play your song at this point. But I think like occasionally they just play at the same time. It's kind of rude, I guess. I don't know how it works. What the uh, band etiquette is, but yeah, I don't either. I was uh, I played in the band in like seventh grade, tuba, or sixth grade. No, I played the tr- I played the trombone. Oh, God. trombone! I was hoping yeah. it'd be the tuba. Yeah, the, I guess the tuba the one you would make fun of the most for somebody playing. I don't know. Like, yeah, the band I don't know. I feel like the little triangle thing, maybe, or the clarinet. God dang! So, <laughs> so very music, well versed in music. We're like the little triangle thing. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll play that little triangle thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> or you can be like Squidward, play the saxophone. <laughs> I, <laughs> I played I played the recorder in middle school, but that was forced upon us. I'm assuming you did too, Hall, right? Because we were the same. Middle yeah, school. I was about to say they made us all do that. Yeah, I, I remember learning to play the recorder, and I was able to play uh, <coughs> the uh, Titanic song. I uh, my heart will go on, and I was really good at it. I was say I got that one down too. I actually got that one down. This is how nerdy I was. Like, hey, I didn't I didn't ever get to play that one in school, but I learned it after after uh, I got out of middle school. Playing the recorder wasn't a thing anymore. But um, it was, it's pretty cool when you when you you feel like a badass, honestly. If you feel like you, if you can play Titanic on recorder, yeah. I can you like play? Can you play Rocky Top though? That's the question. Uh, they actually had to try to teach us Rocky Top, but it's just way too fast. Yeah, but hey, we wouldn't want to rob everybody of the good yeah. thing you provide for Rocky Top. Yeah. Well, the 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 Tennessee band definitely uh definitely uh played that quite a bit. They had, a, they had a lot to cheer about, and they just didn't ever get sick of playing it. Well, where was the where was the student section at Auburn today? Man, I don't know. They just like didn't show up. I don't know if they're on like fall break or what. But like they are, yeah, the they're on fall break. The students just like didn't show up. They didn't. I mean, I know it's eleven a.m., but it's still an SEC game, and you know, I know Auburn's been struggling, but 
you know, I just thought that they would have a little bit more support than that. The atmosphere wasn't as great as I feel like it should have been. I feel like we were maybe a little bit a little bit robbed. I feel like that maybe wasn't the best representation of uh, Auburn football. The yeah, I felt a little cheated, honestly. Like I was expecting a great atmosphere. Like Jordan Hare is one of the best places to go see a game in college football. And the place was just dead the entire game. I don't ever remember a time where the place just got raucous. Like, it never got right. raucous once. Well, no, the uh, the football team didn't show up, so why should the students hold? Yeah, that's also true. We, I was thinking, we, I mean, we obviously can't because uh, Nick Saban doesn't have a Twitter or Instagram. Um, but he doesn't have an email. Maybe we should have we taken a picture of the student <laughs> section for Auburn and be like, man, at least you didn't even got to deal with this because I can't – I think – Nick Saban probably would have had a stroke if he saw how many yeah. students there weren't there. Yeah, I was about to say, the Alabama students just leave early. The Auburn students didn't even show up. Yeah, but 11 a.m. There was. Um, I mean, it's not like they were playing, you know, it's not like they were playing an FCS team or something like, you know, or you expect it. Like, I mean, it was a SEC game, and I mean, I know that, you know, just like I said, I know it's not like a huge game, but I mean, still, like, you'd think that for an SEC game, you'd be able to pack it up a little bit more. What I am, what I am kind of proud of, is how well Tennessee fans travel, no matter how bad their team is. Because you would think they wouldn't travel this much. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell you. You you can also obviously tell what Tennessee color orange is, but they did kind of blend in a little bit with the Auburn orange, a little bit, not not a lot, but just they, it was kind of hard to pick out. It wouldn't have been as obvious as it would have been if they played Alabama or something like that. Yeah. Two distinct colors, but well, I think the fact that they they never play Auburn at Auburn. You know, it's probably another reason why there were so many Tennessee fans there, just because you know, it's just it's a, not a road trip they get to take very often. JB, how does it feel to be a member of the SEC again and not be Vanderbilt? Yeah, it, it, it was an amazing feeling to actually, <laughs> you know, get rid of that uh, monkey off our back, which was that long ass losing streak, worst losing streak in the program's history. So now nobody can ever tell me that the Tennessee did not win a conference game this year. Yeah, that's right. I guess- I guess you are unofficially the best team in the state now that Memphis lost, and Vanderbilt always loses, um, so that's not a big deal. But um, they have been beating Tennessee the past few years, so it's uh, it's kind of back and forth with them. But Tennessee as can be crowned the best team in the state, so congratulations, JB. You can be you can be better than American Athletic Conference team, but Power Six though, Power Six nonetheless. But um, yeah, it was um, it was actually a good game, even though Auburn didn't really show up. Uh, it was a good game. Um, there was no punts in the first quarter. The first punt was, like, with eight or seven or eight minutes left in the second quarter. So, I think that was kind of exciting. It wasn't, like, so much high-powered offense. It was just, like, kind of slow. Not slow, but it was just first down after first down, not necessarily, like, 50-yard yard plays or anything like that. It was just kept uh, kept going on and on and uh, score, block field goal, stuff like that. So, it was um, pretty pretty exciting game. Um, but I don't know what's wrong with this Auburn team. Hole, um, you can elaborate on it because um, you were <laughs> you're making the joke that um, like you're you're trying to <laughs> trying to I guess you're trying to figure out a way to make fun of Tennessee, and you're like, yeah, it was a good win, but like you beat you beat Auburn when it wasn't cool anymore. Like, <laughs> so like now it's like it kind of looks like makes Mississippi State's win look like nothing, right? Hole. That's right. I mean, LSU thought they – I mean, I guess they really don't care because they beat Georgia yesterday. But, I mean, you look at, uh, like, Auburn, like LSU thought they had a huge win on the road, and now it's looking like not that big of a win. Mississippi State thought they had a big win at home. Maybe it turned out to not be that big of a win. But 
maybe Tennessee's just figuring some things out and Auburn's really, you know, Auburn's going to ride the ship. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was just joking around, uh, you know, with JB just because, you know, he's a Tennessee fan and I don't know. You, was... at, at which point did you want Auburn to win the game? At which point did you want Tennessee to win? I wanted – yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I really didn't care too much. Uh, I just really wanted a good game. But uh, I, deep down, I kind of wanted Tennessee to win. Uh, I think just because, you know, obviously the people we – there were six of us that went to the game and three of them were, you know, like big Tennessee fans and, you know, they're my friends. And I, I, don't, want, I don't want them to be in a bad mood the rest of the day because, you know. It would have killed it. It would have killed you, right? Yeah. Well, number, it it, it would have killed the vibe and then it would have been like, you know, plus they're my friends, so I want them to be happy. But uh, just like I've already said a couple of times, like once they got ahead and they started just like – playing Raggy Top every 30 seconds, I was kind of like, man, I, part of me kind of wishes Auburn to come back and win now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, um, it's, I, I don't think, I don't think that um, our three friends that were at the game with the Tennessee fans, including JB, would have been too down because you came into this game expecting to lose, right, JB? Yeah, like I was, I was expecting to lose. What I was hoping for, in my expectation, was that Tennessee was just going to keep this one close. And not let Auburn run away with it, and that that was I think that was a lot of fans' expectations. I mean, I think there's some in the back of mind thought that we had a chance. I thought we had a chance, but I still wasn't gonna you know be bold enough to pick us to win. And uh, so yeah, I'm still I am surprised of the outcome, but I'm saying that I'm surprised, but at the same time I'm not surprised if that makes sense. Jamie asked this question at the game. At which point of the game? Did you start to believe that Tennessee would win, and which point, or they, they, I guess, which point did you think they had a chance to win? At which point did you think they were going to win the game? Uh, the point where I said they had a chance is when they took the uh, lead uh, three minutes ago in the third quarter when they uh, went up by three on that long touchdown pass. Uh, the time when I started believing this actually might happen, or or believing that we might be able to do this, is when uh, Tennessee had that fumble. Uh, that picked up and trotted into the end zone. The previous year, Tennessee's had bounce, has had bounces like that not go their way. When that happened, I'm thinking maybe the tide is turning for the Volunteers. Yeah, it has been a loss decade. And y'all were going back and forth. You're like, no, it's it's harder being a Mississippi State fan. It's harder being a Tennessee fan. And I just don't I, – I, I guess I can understand where both of you are coming from. But I just think there's a lot of fan bases and, and SEC and nationwide that think they have like the woe is me attitude. Like, oh, my God, it just – it's so hard being a Tennessee fan. I'm sure there's Florida fans are the same way. Like, God, it's hard being a Florida fan. I think there's even Auburn fans. Like, man, why are we so good sometimes and so bad to others? I don't understand it. And it's it's actually kind of it's kind of funny. Like, everybody just had, thinks they're like the 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 most miserable. Yeah, everybody thinks that it's just hard being a fan. It's like, and actually, it's like really not that bad. Like, especially like it's I guess the difference is Mississippi State has been good the last ten years, but not like SEC championship or national championship good except for that one year they did. Um, got to number one they were close to going to the SEC championship and competing for the national championship but kind of fell off but and then Tennessee before, this last 10 years just hasn't been there at all really they, they've been close I guess and they just fallen off even harder than Mississippi State but they've had really good years before before the before Dooley took over really when Fulmer was still there well one thing I'll say that's like better about being a Mississippi State fan than a Tennessee fan is like when Mississippi State loses like no one really cares or says anything <laughs> But, like, when Tennessee loses, like, it's still news because I think more people just enjoy making fun of Tennessee just because I guess they were good for a long time or 
you know, whatever, whatever, like whatever people's reason is for not liking Tennessee. I just feel like it's whenever Tennessee loses, like it's always news and people are always joking about it on social media and stuff. But when Mississippi State loses, like, you know, you don't have to deal with that quite as much because people are just kind of, you know, like whatever. They're like, May, they're like May. And, you know, another thing is just like it's, uh, you know, a lot of people like were excited, you know, or you like seeing Tennessee, you know, football being down. But now I'm seeing like more, more and more people are like thinking, you know, I'd rather I want to see Tennessee be good again. I'm getting tired of making fun of them all the time. Like I want to start hating them again. So, you know, maybe uh, that'll happen in a few years. Maybe that's that's kind of how I am. I mean, I think it's more fun when they're when they're better when they're better than Tennessee. But um, Holt, do you think you think Tennessee is the most hated team in the SEC, or do you think Alabama is even more hated than they are because they never lose? Yeah, I mean, uh, probably Alabama just because. Yeah, I mean, just because they win so much, yeah. I mean, but, I mean, at the same time, I feel like Alabama's, like, I don't know, maybe more people just, like, respect them. You know, like, I I feel like when Auburn was really good, like, they were uh, maybe a little bit more hated just because it seemed like they were really gimmicky and, like, lucky. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they weren't like Alabama, who was just, like, awesome and, like, just, like, unstoppable and, like, undeniable. Like, they were very, you know... (laughs) Like, just they had like a lot of lucky breaks and stuff, like over the course of their run for a few years. So, I don't know. Let's uh, let's talk about the game specifically. What I saw with my two eyes was um, an Auburn team that played way, way under their potential, and a Tennessee team that played close, closer to their potential. Um, I saw Garantano finally step up and look like a SEC quarterback, a good SEC quarterback. He, um, I saw him pretty much throw the ball up in the air, deep balls up in the air, and it seems like a Tennessee receiver always came down with it. What's funny is that you see you were watching, or I was watching, and I saw defensive backs where there was coverage there, but like they just didn't contest the ball, or they couldn't get the get a hand and hand on the ball and get the get the Tennessee receivers to not catch it. And it was just kind of frustrating to watch. It was like, I would just think it would be a little bit yeah. better. But I saw that, and then I saw uh, Stidham just didn't look great. He threw Two interceptions, which could have been avoided if he took a sack or threw it out of bounds more or something like that. But he just tried to save too long. Uh, so I think his draft stock dropped a lot. He dropped definitely out of the first round of NFL draft. He might even come back for another year now, seeing how bad it is. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's like every time Tennessee brought brought pressure, um, he just he got flustered and couldn't do too much with it. And Auburn still can't run the ball, and they called a lot of unnecessary trick plays when I think they could have just – you know, done the normal, just done normal plays, and because they they are better, they're more talented than Tennessee, but they never did that. So that's the that's the main things I saw. JB, what else did you see? Uh, the main thing I was saying is this: uh, tennis. One of the things that Tennessee needs to stop doing is running the ball on first down. Uh, they, it's too predictable, and that that's not their bread and butter. Uh, from watching the game against Auburn yesterday, the offensive line is much improved, especially in the pass protection. And that's giving Garantana more time to scan the field and make his throws. And that's one of the reasons. And he's given him time to actually step into his throws and make the accurate throws. There but any... another... Go ahead. Yeah, but another thing is that their bread and butter on their offense is giving the ball and space to their playmakers like uh, Tim Jordan and Ty Chandler. Like either, you know, on screens or using them on jet sweeps or uh, on tosses. And another thing is also just throwing the ball in the perimeter to the receivers. You know, they got big receivers that are really uh, physical and can make plays like Jawan Jennings and Marquez Callaway. Uh, Josh Palmer's solid too. 
And I think that – I'm thinking maybe Tyson Helton found something in this Auburn game that he can carry forward the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, did you – did you uh, – I'm sure you got on Ball Nation and scoured the boards to see what was what was talked about the most. But did, were there any good post-game quotes from Pruitt? Uh, I actually did not see any uh, sound bites from Pruitt. And obviously, you're not going to really get much sound bites from him. The only thing I saw that was funny was his uh, post-game show, or not his post-game show, but his coach's show that he films after the game. And he wore, apparently fans were saying he wore the exact same tie for that show that he wore during his uh, ball walk before the game. So you're saying he didn't shower? Uh, not that, but just like, he just doesn't give a shit. Like, he wore <laughs> the exact same tie that he wore for the uh, pregame walk to the game to the coach's show. Now, Pruitt is 100% a football coach, and, like, I think that's all he cares about besides, like, his family's well-being. He just wants to coach football. Yeah, he wants to and then and when you watch him on his coach's show, like, obviously he, he's he's disinterested. Like, he doesn't look like he cares. <laughs> like, you know, he, does, he definitely has those facial expressions like he doesn't want to be there, but there's a meme on Twitter of him today, just, like, his facial expressions, like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> even after Even after a satisfying victory, he still doesn't want to be there filming the show that's probably why Saban liked him so much because he was just a football coach but um us Colt uh who we know who had the better game we know versus Tennessee and Auburn and we know Tennessee's receivers had better game than Auburn's receivers but who who are the better receivers are Tennessee's receivers actually better than Auburn's receivers because they looked really good but I don't know if that was an outlier if they're actually might be better than Auburn's receivers yeah, I mean, it's a tough question. I think both uh, groups are really good. And uh, I think Auburn's problems kind of stem from their offensive line uh, more so than anything else. And I just don't think that their offense really has an identity right now. But, uh, yeah, definitely on Saturday, Tennessee's receivers were able to make a lot of plays, go up and get the ball, high point it, make some tough catches, some big catches on third down, and then some obviously some big touchdown catches as well. What was the Auburn's receiver that scored the touchdown that broke away from Tennessee? Because I think he was probably the best receiver on the field. It's like Schwartz, Anthony Schwartz, isn't that his name? Maybe. That is. And that play was so embarrassing, too. It just, really was. Because, like, the Tennessee – there's a Tennessee – I forgot which Tennessee defensive back it was. It's just can't, – you can't hardly read the numbers the way the Tennessee jerseys are with that without the black outline. And I couldn't tell who it was. But he took a really, really poor angle – I mean, if he just takes the correct angle, even with his lack of speed, he should have been able to make the play and make the tackle. Instead, he goes, you know, goes around him untouched and just sprints to the end zone. Yeah, he looked like Tyreek Hill on that play. Just, like, looked like they had the angle and he just, like, ran by everybody. Yeah, that, that game was good also. Um, yeah, so, watch the game. And it was kind of fun to watch um, as a neutral spectator. Um, although I don't like Tennessee um, being a Memphis fan. Um, I think it was cool to see Tennessee's fans take over um, Auburn after, you know, they pretty much dominated the last fourth quarter and whatever got the two-touchdown lead or whatever it was, 13-point lead. And um, you just hear Tennessee fans, pretty much the only ones there left, all the Auburn fans left. I think that was pretty cool. Um, I'm kind of disappointed in ourselves a little bit because we didn't really get to try food in Auburn. There's obviously places good, probably good places to eat, and we looked it up before. But JB had one job, and he did not come through with through for that. He just uh, told us places, but he didn't direct us. And also, mm-hmm. we stayed for the entire game, so we couldn't really go anywhere. That did yeah, everything was crowded. Yeah. So we had 
the world's famous Moe's in Auburn. Um, Moe's as in Moe's. Southwest Grill. Yes. The one. Like, w- w- welcome to Moe's. Well, although we didn't get that treatment, I felt kind of, I felt kind of discriminated. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think uh, the people working there were probably not too happy. Yeah, they didn't want us there. So yeah, they, they didn't were, want us there. They yeah. weren't too uh, hospitable. We had to, the line was like all the way around the restaurant, basically. But, yeah. but hey, we, was, we got our, we got our food, and it was yeah. good. It's the best food I've had in Auburn. <laughs> but, the only food uh, we've had in Auburn. We thanks, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> In case any of y'all couldn't figure it out as fast as JB, he helped you out real quick. But um, we we put all right, JB. We break him. Sorry, I just I mean, you got to uh, hit the reset button on JB now. Yeah, we broke sorry, him. I I did you know channel my inner dad jokes on that. Okay, okay, um, but yeah, we were we were walking and we we actually put our names on two different two different restaurants. We one was. Um, Mellow Mushroom, which is actually everywhere, so I wouldn't be surprised. It was they didn't. I don't think they even told us how long the wait it was going to be. They just said they don't nah. get to wait times, which is understandable. On game day, they don't get to wait times. And then we went to like the the sports bar, what was called halftime or all all star sports bar, halftime, halftime sports bar, yeah. And we put our name down there. They said it'd be about an hour, so we put our name down there and just left and ended up going to Mo's. And they never called me. They said they were going to call me. I guess. That girl wasn't interested in me, but it's no no big deal. No big deal. I got to I have a girlfriend, so jokes on her, really. But um, then we went from Moe's to Sky Bar in in Auburn, right next to Moe's, and it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, Sky Bar was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. Pretty good atmosphere. It's just it was so bright upstairs. So it was, it, yeah, because the sun was still out because it was like the middle of the day and you're outside. But yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought it was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, and all of and all of us like standing there in a the line, like we all look like lobsters. All of us yeah, were red. Well. Yeah, that that's actually um what I was gonna ask is did did we get more burned by the sun or did Auburn's DBs get burned more by Tennessee's receivers? Ooh, Ooh man. killing them, killing them. So, um, I mean, I think you can make a case either way because we got pretty burned. We'll just keep that up as a um, rhetorical question hole for for the viewers' to answer. <laughs> The listeners, I should say, we're not, we're not being, we didn't, we didn't go live on Instagram like we were supposed to because I was trying not to kill us driving. That would probably be another, another element to uh, killing us while driving. Uh, before we get into other games for this week, um, we are going to do our full slash performers of the week, and for offense, the player is going to be who? JB. Uh, for offense, we are going to go with Jared Garantano. Homer. Garantano. Yep. Jared. Quarterback from Tennessee. Why? Because this performance was uh, out of out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting this kind of performance from him. Uh, another performance that I like is also uh, Jordan Tayamu. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had over 500 yards total offense, over 300 yards passing, and 141 yards rushing. Two th- two passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. But those are numbers that we're expecting from Tayamu. Uh, Garantano threw for over 300 yards and had two touchdowns, so I'm giving Garantano the nod with the Offensive Player of the Week. Also, Tiamo played against Arkansas, who plays plays defense, or they're not going to play defense till next year, so we'll, we'll wait on giving any awards to anybody that plays them. Um, but Garantano is actually looking like an SEC quarterback. The quarterback <laughs> they recruited, the number five or number two dual threat quarterback coming out of high Yeah. Yeah, Garantano has has improved as the season's gone on. Like that's one thing that you want to see, you know, as a fan or as you know, as a coach, is that you want to see improvement in in your individual players. And 
Garantano is one of those guys that's really drastically improved from the opening game to almost midseason. Full slab defensive performer of the game or of the week hold is. Um, that would have to be. I mean, you could probably give it to the whole LSU defense, but uh, I'm gonna go with uh, John Battle had a big game, eight tackles, a big interception, um, <clears throat> really good performance by him. And I also just want to give a shout out. Uh, it was in a losing effort, but. Venerable linebacker Jordan Griffin had 18 tackles against Florida and a pass deflection, so huge game for him uh, and a losing effort, but uh, definitely, you know, filled up the stat sheet. Yeah, and then we like to do our what a chicken moment, which is JB's favorite segment because he likes chicken, I guess, is what we're saying. Hell yeah, I love chicken. <laughs> oh, man. That struck some kind of nerve with JB. JB, who's our What a Chicken Performer of the Week? Our What a Chicken Award of the Week goes to Derek Mason, Vanderbilt's head coach. Come on, man. You had a 21-3 lead against this Florida team, and this Florida team does not have that dynamic of an offense. All you got to do is make sure they don't score 18 points, and you got this win in the bag, and you blew it. And also, I think that one of the reasons that this Florida team started making this comeback is you had to run your mouth on Todd Grantham and give him some extra ammo and ammunition going into halftime. That lit a spark on that Florida team. And I'm not saying that is the, that was the turning point, but that definitely didn't help matters. You don't ever try to just, you know, give any team anything extra to talk about because you know that fired up Dan Miller and Todd Ty, Ty Grantham, and they carry that fire into the locker room. How could you say Derek Mason is the chicken when he's the one who was about to fight Dan Mullen and beat him up? I'm calling him a chicken because he blew a 21-3 lead against an offense that does not even, you know, it's not dynamic. This is not a team that's built to make comebacks, and they still made that comeback. Holt, in a fight between Dan Mullen and Derek Mason, who would win? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Derek Mason would definitely win. I think the better question would be, like, how long would the fight last? I think I think uh, Dan Mullen would definitely outthink himself in this fight and try to like. <laughs> try, like <laughs> I think I can see Dan Mullen trying to you know like climb a tree and just thinking like he'll give up. I, I can yeah. see him, like. I did. Uh, I did notice that uh, on the video that uh, Mullen waited. He had a direct line to Mason, but he went and like walked behind some of his his assistant coaches before he started yelling at Mason, so that he could be like, you know, yeah, hold me back. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I guess Derek Mason's the lucky one that he, they, that all those guys were in between him because otherwise Mullen was going to kill him, go straight for him. Uh yeah. Yeah. They should have, like, unleashed the water boy on him. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I picture, picture um, Dan Mullen being, like, maybe he was, like, the water boy back in the day and, like, like stop making fun of me and just <laughs> and go straight for the tackle. Um, man. That was that was a bad performance. We were we were checking scores at the Auburn game. We saw they were up twenty one to three. I was like, man, this is this makes sense because like nobody's gonna pay, pay attention to Vanderbilt and think it was think they were a tough game. But um, then Vanderbilt's like, oh shit, I forgot we were Vanderbilt, so we're gonna start sucking in the second half. Don't worry. So that's pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and not only did they lose, but they didn't even cover after after winning twenty after leading twenty one to three. They ended up not even covering those seven points seven point spread. Yeah, it's just, it's just like y'all, y'all like the y'all say the woe is me attitude with Oregon State and uh, Tennessee, but like Vanderbilt should really have the woe is me attitude. But they, I guess, I, want, I guess the point you could make about Vanderbilt is like they're they're never supposed to be great at football. They're just they're just right. supposed, supposed to be in the SEC for academics, right, JB? 
Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, that's uh, you know, you, you always have to have that one academic school in each conference. You know, you got Northwestern in the Big Ten, although the Big Ten is pretty strong in academics anyway. And then, uh, in the what is it in the uh, the ACC ACC. is like Duke and Wake Forest are both yeah, 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 that's what I was about to say. Duke and Wake Forest, Wake Forest is like a liberal arts arts school, too. Georgia Tech's a pretty good school, too, though. Yeah, yeah, engineering, a good school. Yeah, you got to have at least one of those kind of institutions in each conference. JB Vanderbilt's 0 3 in SEC right now, contrary to uh, Tennessee's 1 and 2 in SEC, and Auburn's even 1 and 3, so not not good for Auburn. But but the question is going to be Vanderbilt 0 3. Who can they get an SEC win this year, or are they going to be the Tennessee of uh, this year? Tennessee, they're going to be the 2017 Tennessee this year. Yeah, they can definitely get a win. Uh, They are going to be hosting Tennessee uh, the final game of the season, and you know, that could be the one chance to get a victory. Yeah, that's always a game that Derek Mason's going to have his team ready for. Yeah, I and think they he- play Arkansas and Ole Miss also, who are probably the two two of the worst teams in the West. So yeah, I, I think he not does. saying they're going to. I don't know if they're going to win one of those, but I mean, I think I think chances are pretty decent that they'll win one of those three. I'm not going to say which one. Yeah, but I do think I do think the chances are pretty good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vanderbilt. I think I think Derek Mason definitely hypes up that Tennessee game. I think he takes that one personal. Um, that's why they play so great against Tennessee you, usually. I mean, sometimes they don't, but I think that's why um, they've beat them, been able to beat them the last couple of years. Oh, you mentioned, mentioned Arkansas as a possible win. Uh, let's talk about the Ole Miss-Arkansas game. It was a close game, um, mm-hmm. but – Trying uh, to tell you all. <laughs> Arkansas, Arkansas still loses nonetheless. Do you think – do you see Arkansas getting better from week to week despite them to continue to lose? Um, yeah, you know, I thought they played pretty well until, you know, once their quarterback got hurt, it was kind of tough for them to move the ball after that. Um, but they came out really well. They were winning big. And I think it was just, I think karma kind of came back and got them in this series because they'd come back so many times to beat Ole Miss. And this time it was Ole Miss's turn to come back from a big deficit and get the win. But, uh, yeah, it was in the rain. It was a monsoon. It was a great game, just like. You know, Arkansas and Ole Miss, every time they play, it's always a good game. And this is a game we ended up watching, even though there were some ranked matchups on. They weren't nearly as close as the Ole Miss-Arkansas game. Not to uh, not to brag a little bit, but we, we did have a little soiree at my humble boat Saturday night. Um, I, and There were even a couple of girls that showed up. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, well, cool. I guess y'all can come too. <laughs> um, don't know what to do now. But um, – it was it was fun, but I'm pretty sure, and I, I guess I just I feel like I feel kind of cool because I don't feel like I've ever had this many friends that come over at one time. But um, there were a lot of people over. There were probably I don't know the exact number, probably like twenty ish, twenty five, maybe maybe not thirty, but like twenty low twenties, upper eighteens, right. uh, upper upper eighteens, <laughs> upper teens. <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure that nobody cared about football more than. Our, our group of people that were there, for one. And then I think out of our group, me, I was definitely the loosest about not watching games. And then, Holt, you were probably the second loosest. JB was definitely the one with the TV changer, like squirming around people that were standing in front of the TV, like, get the fuck out of the way. I'm trying to watch football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there was also one time uh, during the broadcast, uh, your girlfriend, Ashley, yeah, she, was- uh, was tr- she was trying to pull me outside to play a little flip cup. And this is the same time that Ole Miss has the ball, you know, a little over a minute left, and they're trying to go 97 yards down the field. Like, 
I'm trying to watch football here. Football is most important to me. Do not try to pull me away from the TV. The only thing missing from what you just said it was saying bitch at the end of that. <laughs> you would have. No, nah, I'm not going to say bitch. It wasn't. No, Ashley's Ashley's fine. He's no. a sweetheart, JB. <laughs> no. Uh, if so, if you're listening to this, Ashley, no, I was never going to call you bitch. That was just Alex trying to get me to call you that. She's not, not going to listen, gonna, JB. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just not going to come out there. She, she told me she had her JB fill for the next six months. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. She didn't say it. that's that's what I said actually. Of course, that's what you said. Um, but yeah, it was. I and in fact, I, you're lucky I wasn't there. I think I was. I was trying to get somebody in the the gate, but at that time, because otherwise, like I would have tried to like really, I would have tried to like almost pick you up to get you outside to play flip cup instead of watching the game. Because I think you would have had more fun, even though you like I like football a lot too. But I think you'd have more fun playing flip cup. But it's it's okay. It's no big deal. Now you can you can break break down this Ole Miss Arkansas game. Um, how did they do in that 97 yard drive that was supposed to happen, JB? Yeah, they they uh, went down the field uh, seven plays, ninety seven yards, and about I think <clears throat> I think the exact time was like one minute and one second. I don't know exactly if that is. I don't. Know, I'm sorry, I don't know if that's the exact time. That sounded pretty exact but, to me though. <laughs> but I mean, that was uh, impressive. And it's it's uh, me and Holt were discussing before that drive happened. Like this Ole Miss team is built for drives like this. Like yeah. the way they play with that offense and the and you know having the big play ability. And that's exactly what happened. Like, they went down the field quickly, all in big plays, and they are able to, you know, get that game-winning touchdown and, you know, find a way to grind out and win against a uh, scrappy Arkansas team that's yeah. showing improvements but just can't get over the hump and get that signature victory for Chad Morris. And uh, it cracked me up. Obviously, like, you know, I didn't really care who won or lost, but, uh, you know, it probably really sucks for an Arkansas fan, but – you know, they get that bi- – Arkansas gets a bigger turn. They start the ball in, like, their own 40, and all they have to do is kick a field goal. And uh, – or, no, wait. How many points are they down? Do they have to score a touchdown? The final score is 37 to 33, so – Yeah. I, okay, yeah, I, never I, mind. Sorry. So, they did have to, I'm thinking of a different game. Sorry. But, anyway, they had the ball, and, uh, you know, they had 40 seconds left, and Ole Miss's defense is really not good. So, we were thinking, like, oh, maybe something crazy is about to happen right here, and then – you know, Cole Kelly drops back and throws the ball like twenty yards over his receiver's head and like right to a safety. And like me and JB both just it's like started laughing. Like, what was that? Yeah, and like the safety looked like he didn't even move. Like his feet were just planted there. It looked like he was just like directly throwing it. Oh yeah, I was, I was actually I watched that with you. I thought the exact same thing because because we yeah that was funny because we were all watching and we were like very excited to see what was about to happen because we thought something crazy could happen. You're so right. anticlimactic, like <laughs> this is a horrible throw. Like. Yeah, we all like looked at each other and had like collected like what the fuck was that moment? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah. But Arkansas, don't worry. Next year's your year. At least you're, hey, at least you're not Nebraska. At least you won, won a game already. You're good for the year. Yeah. That's right. They beat uh, like Eastern Eastern Illinois or someone like the first game of the season. Yeah. So y'all are good. Y'all are good. Y'all are Gucci. Y'all are more than good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was a good game. So um, the the bad the downside of going to a football game is you don't get to watch other games. It's not. As company, and I think that's that's kind of like why your mom likes to not go games, right? Holt is that yeah. she she likes to chill, and it's just not as comfortable as your, your your couch, and like you don't get the you don't have like the fridge right there if you want to go get beer or eat something. Yeah. <laughs> like everything's just right there, so it's it's so much better on, uh, and then you can change the channel during commercials, um, and you don't get distracted. That's the only thing I don't like about when you're out and about, even if you're having you're hosting a lot of people over like we did. It's like you can't 
break down the game when you're by yourself. Like if we were, if it was just us three watching the games, we could have broken down the game together and like watched it, talked about it. But we have that many people and that much like, I guess, distractions going on around you. You just don't, you don't watch the game as close as you. Even when you're at a game, like I can't break down a game, even at a game that I'm at. Like I can when I'm on TV, when I'm watching on TV, because you're just you're yeah. focusing on the game only, not the hot girls to your left or right, and if she's going to yeah. some barbecue nachos or what. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to bring that up at some point on the show. Yeah, two two girls. They were they were um, okay looking, but I really wasn't looking at their face. I was looking at their barbecue nachos that they were they were get, they got they got and they had like, they had their boyfriends I guess to the left of them, which they weren't sitting together, which is no big deal. I don't know, but they were their boyfriends called claims on the straps, and I was like, well, I guess I'll call second claims if they don't finish because these dudes are strong and they don't look like they eat that much, but. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure they ate it all. Yeah. I was very mad at them, and we we never became friends after that. But I just saw the look on your face when, uh, like, they both got a huge like they both got like a huge thing of them, and then they both took like three or four bites each, and then like passed them over. And I just saw the look on your face, like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't <laughs> yeah. believe that's all they ate. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. Which is the it's funny because I guess y'all didn't realize whenever me and uh, me and Ashley, my, my my lady friend, I don't like to say her name. Cause she's she's not part of CC Slow Smoke. Cause if I could say her name some, she's like, oh, give me, give me twenty five percent of the royalties from all of our earnings, which we have so much coming in. So I can understand why she wouldn't want to say that. Right. But, um, y'all don't understand when we go when we go out to eat, like how much food she doesn't eat, and she just gives me her leftovers, and it's so great. Like we went to Chili's tonight, and she, she, uh, which Chili's is great by the way, um, and she didn't. She didn't eat all of her chicken crispers, her buffalo chicken crispers, Jamie, which you would have enjoyed, and she gave me the rest of them. So it was pretty awesome. It's like a good two meals. It's great. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, because we went out Friday night. She had she ate like half of her turkey sandwich and then like none of her fries. So you basically got like your meal plus like like an extra half a meal. Yeah, unfortunately, that doesn't that doesn't happen for JB's dates and girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's never any there's never any leftovers <laughs> yeah. yeah like uh like i said told you guys like she ate it all yeah yeah we were we were making that joke we're like jamie don't you wish you had a girlfriend you're like well mine just ate all her food or whatever you, i don't know what you said you said it like without even thinking about what you said <laughs> like god dang jamie you had so many you had so many good what the fuck moments this weekend like you, jamie farted but acted like he didn't fart it was the funniest thing oh yeah like that that's that's actually the funniest one to me because that was last night after, after we come back then from uh, being out at the Auburn game. And I have never seen Holt mad in my life over a fart. Was it mad? <laughs> oh, I didn't, like, I didn't know that. But, like, this is on the other side of the room. Like, I'm, I'm on one side of the living room. Holt's on the other side. I let one rip. And then three seconds later, Holt just is like, God damn it, JB! What the fuck crawled into your ass and died? Uh, no, I, I'm thinking of it. We're talking about a different one. We're, we're talking, talking about the one, yeah. the one where you denied it. Unfortunately, there's there's many incidents for this for you, JB. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> you just ratted yourself out on that one. That's not even the one we were talking about. Well, that's what I was gonna uh, say because we were we were standing over there. Me, me, and my lady friend and a couple other friends were standing on your side of the recliner, and like they they said a couple times, like, "Man, I smell who farted." And I was like, "I don't, I like, I, I smell it. And I don't know who it is." I, like we were, I was blaming my girlfriend on it, but it, I'm pretty sure it wasn't her, and I'm pretty sure it was JB. Now that we're talking about it, he's right in the same corner. But like, what's messed up about JB farting is like he never claims it originally. Like no. you have to like no. I do. I will claim. No, like I will tell you if it's me. I'm telling you. Like that one time you thought it was me. It was really was not me. I would tell you if it was. Like I I claimed that one that last night. Yeah, but you literally like. 
because uh, I think you did it on accident, and uh, uh, Alex's uh, girlfriend heard you, and he, she was like, JB, was that a fart? And you were like, uh, no, no. <laughs> and then she was like, JB, and then you just, like, busted out laughing. <laughs> yeah. But um, besides JB's farts, we came back to football. Um, we, we didn't get to watch all the games like we wanted to. We, we watched Georgia LSU at the Sky Bar. But we, what we noticed from that game, or what I noticed was LSU's defense. Joe Burrow didn't even have a great game. I, I think he threw. Let me let me pull this back. I think he threw one touchdown pass. Uh, no, no, zero touchdown passes. He went 15 for 30 for 200 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Very, very plain, plain day for him. Not, I mean, 200 yards is pretty good, but not great. But I mean, it's just kind of the the formula for LSU: play good defense and run the ball, which is what they did, um, and it kind of shut down Jake Fromm. Um, I remember we were watching at Moe's, and they, we saw Justin Fields get in. And the, this is what drives me crazy when you watch games with people that don't watch football as much as you. And like, oh, my God, they're taking out Jake Fromm. Justin Fields is coming in. And I'm like, yes, yes. And it's like, well, actually, they do that every single week. So it's not a big yeah. He didn't even throw a single pass. Um, but uh, this LSU team is good. They're legit. This has been confirmed now with uh, this this win um, against Georgia. I mean, the, the win – Against Auburn looked great, but now it's not looking as good. But this Georgia win was actually a legitimate win. And I think they're a legitimate uh, SEC championship slash national title contender. Uh, the Alabama game's coming up in a couple weeks, I think. So that'll be a good game. It's at LSU, so it's, it's a big, good game. Here's what I want to talk about for a second, because we, we talked about this before the show, the the playoff. There's four teams that make it. Right now there's four undefeated teams, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame. So right now, if this season ends today, you would know – you know who's going to get into the playoff. But um, what we're interested here at SEC Slow Smoke is how are we going to get two SEC teams in to the playoffs? So a couple of ways. Um, from the East, I guess the I guess Georgia, I guess Florida could get in also. But Georgia is probably the favorite to, to beat Florida and get in that way. So we'll say Georgia runs the table and goes to the SEC Championship. Now in the West, you have, what, two options? You have Alabama and LSU, right? So – uh, let's see if LSU. If yeah, Alabama, it, it would. Alabama for two SEC teams to get in, I think Alabama's gonna have to lose a game. Yeah, and is that gonna be with it? So would they get in this way if Alabama ran the table and lost to Georgia in the and to a one-loss Georgia team in the SEC championship? At that point, Georgia automatically gets in because they're the SEC champions. So that that makes sense. But then would Alabama get in, kind of like they did yeah. last year, right? With one, I loss? think. I mean, yeah, it depends on what else happens, but I think they would, especially if it was a really good game and Georgia won, like, you know, in overtime, like the national championship game last year or something like that, then, yeah, I could definitely see Alabama. I mean, because they're probably going to be number one in the country, obviously. So they may not jump all the way out, but it would suck for, you know, like what if like Notre Dame was undefeated and they were like the four seed? Like, yeah, uh, I would actually enjoy that if that happened. Here's a, another question. I'll ask, I'll ask JB. Right now, Central Florida just beats Memphis. Not not a great win. Central Florida has like the one of the worst schedule, worst easiest schedules. I guess is a better way to say it in the country. I think somebody pulled up a stat and it was like the it was like the one of the top ten easiest schedules in the country. If they go undefeated, they they won't just simply get in. If they go undefeated and there's like a one loss Power Five team, but at what point would you let them into the to the conversation in the top four? Would it be would it be three or four two-loss Power 5 teams, would, would Central Florida get in at that point, or would they have to go three-loss Power 5 team? Would they get in over a three-loss Power 5 team? You're going to have to be looking at a few uh, two-loss Power 5 teams in order for UCF to make it in. 
And we're talking about like t- two lost Power Five teams that aren't conference champions for them to have a chance to make it in. Yeah. So you're, you're going to have to root for teams to start beating each other up. Like the Big Ten right now, with the exception of Ohio State, have been beating each other up. Like Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, they all have two losses. So, and then Michigan, of course, has one loss. So, yeah, that just that would be an example. Like, you need all the other conferences to start beating up on each other for UCF to have a shot. And they, I'm assuming they're the best. I mean, Cincinnati and South Florida are still undefeated, too. So, they would technically – they would actually – they wouldn't play any great teams until they played them. They play – they're going to play Cincinnati and South Florida, who both are undefeated. So, they'll play them as soon as they beat them. Um, and then they play a – Conference championship against, I don't know Houston. Um, I forgot who's number one in the a the Memphis side of the re, uh, division for. I think it's I think it's either Houston or Navy. I think it's actually Navy currently. Uh, no, because I think I think SMU beat Navy. I have to go back and look. I, I stopped caring about it as much when they started losing more because it wasn't relevant anymore. And basketball season coming up now. But um, yeah, I was just curious, like how. At what point does Central Florida get in? And Holt, you were saying if you wanted to, if you, if the team, if the playoffs expanded to eight teams, that's that's a that's what at what point you would want to see a group of five auto bid. As like I mean, five. I don't know about auto, but I just I, I don't really like the idea of you being undefeated and then not having a chance to yeah. win the championship. Like that yeah. just doesn't like that just bothers me. Like if they decided, like they came out and said, like, look, it's going to be only power five teams then like you know at least then like you would know and you wouldn't have to like have this whole thing with it but you know i just i just don't understand how you can win all your games and then not have a chance to play for a championship like that that the idea of that just makes like no sense to me but one thing i do want to point out though is if they ever did go to an 18 playoff i'm like very much against the automatic like just because you win your conference you're in uh because i just don't think that like i mean if you do that you basically say out of conference games don't matter you know you can go and four out of conference as long as you win your conference like you get in like i just don't think it should be like that i think that if you have more than like two losses then you shouldn't be eligible yeah but that rarely happens where you would yeah i don't really think that's gonna i mean yeah i, mean, I understand could. where holt's coming from but the the odds of that happening are pretty slim my scenario, but I mean, like, like, look, yeah, I mean, but just look at like any big like out of conference game, and it's just like, oh, it's fun because yeah. Alabama and Florida State are playing, but it literally means nothing for the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but my my structure would be the five Power Five conference champs, uh, one non Power Five team with the uh, highest ranking and best record, which in this case would be UCF, and then two at largest from the Power Fives. Yeah, but like, what if there wasn't like a really good group of five team? Like, what if like. Like, what if, like, what if the best one was, like, a 10-2, and two, like, Troy team? I mean, that, that'd just be the way it works, I think. It, or uh, maybe one of the – I don't, like, I don't maybe, like that at all. Or actually, maybe we would make an exception. Uh, let's go ahead and adjust it. We'll make an exception. This group of five team has to be at least in the top 15 in order to get that slot. If there's not, then we'll get three at-larges from the power yeah. five. Yeah, that'd be all right. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of like games not mattering. Like to me, what's great about college football is like all the games matter. And if you start doing automatic bids for like conference team, like conference champions, then like you could have like an eight and four team make the playoff. I mean, I know it wouldn't happen like like on the on the regular, but like it, the fact that it's out there, like 
don't know. It just really bothers me because you you have situations like in the NFL where you have the Seahawks making the making the playoffs with like you know a seven and nine record a few years ago. Like, yeah. like there's just I don't know. To me, part of what make, makes college football great is that all the games matter. Yeah, and but I don't want to take that away from it. I would want to see like cause you would you would want to see like a Boise State like the Boise State Oklahoma game whatever that was, so long yeah. ago now. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. Is like, if they're that good, then yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be in. I'm just saying, like, the I'm not – like, any kind of automatic, like, bid, I'm just not a fan of, like, you know, because then, like, you just diminish a lot. You just diminish, like, half the games, basically. Right. Other games that we haven't talked about yet, Texas A&M, South Carolina. Texas A&M, uh, close game against South Carolina, 26-23 beat them. Uh, pretty good win for them because it was at South Carolina, which is not an easy place to play. And that we, we talked about this before the year started, that this would be a good game, a, a true toss-up game. Then um, Alabama beat Missouri 39-10. Not not really contest, but um, it was close in the first quarter, which is <laughs> unusual for Alabama because it's usually like 49 nothing within the first five minutes. So it's yeah, yeah, the most exciting thing that came from the Alabama-Missouri game was Dixie Land Delight made its uh, return in the fourth quarter. Did you see a video on this? <laughs> I did they made it through. I think some students actually didn't do it correctly, but Alabama piped in some uh, noise during uh, the song to uh, blur out, uh, drown out all the, uh, you know, cussing. F Auburn's. Yeah, the curse, the curses. Yeah, yeah, the curse words. That's what, that's actually what I like about LSU is like they really don't care what you say there. They don't, but uh, you know what they say for Nick, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Is, is there a substitution or are you talking about the actual song? You you've heard the you've heard what they do for Nick. I'm sure Hole knows what they do. Yeah, and I'm a fan of like all of that stuff. Like honestly, like you know, I, I understand like some people like maybe don't want to hear it, but I don't know. I just think it's one of those things that just makes college football great, especially like for the students. Like I don't know uh, when you start taking stuff like that away. To me, it's just kind of like I don't know. Like I yeah. just I just remember uh, when I was in high school, I went to a Purdue game, and uh, they were playing Penn State. And um, it was a lot of fun, and I just remember the student like every time they get a first down, the the PA announcer says like "boiler up" or whatever, yeah. and then like the whole student section yelled "bitch." <laughs> just, like every time they got first down, I just thought it was so funny. Like I just thought it was really cool. But I understand some people like you know don't want to hear curse words, but you know what? It's a free country. I'm sorry that you had to go to a Purdue game. It doesn't sound too much fun. Like too much fun. And it was a it was a great environment. We were out there tailgating like six a.m. too. Like it was like still dark when we got out there. Oh, yeah. that sounds brutal. Well, JB, you woke up at like six a.m. to go. Yeah, I don't know like what JB's talking about. But you got out there at six a.m., which means you were awakened probably around four or five. No, nah, because we we were staying at a hotel like right by there, so I just got up and rolled right over. Oh, okay. I applaud you, Holt. <laughs> I take back everything I said. Um, the Texas A&M South Carolina. We didn't, unfortunately, we didn't get to watch this game as much as we would have wanted to because we knew it was gonna be a good game. But it's just where we went to the uh, Sky Bar in Auburn. They were just showing almost purely Georgia LSU. They were showing other games. The Texas A&M South Carolina was on some channel or some TVs, but the big big screen projector screen was showing Georgia LSU. Um, so we watched that pretty much exclusively. But the Texas A&M South Carolina game was pretty good. Um, Kelmont had a pretty good game, twenty five for thirty seven. With uh, 353 yards, one touchdown. A little disappointed, my boy Travion Williams didn't have more yards. He only had 78 yards. Um, but South Carolina's defense isn't isn't that bad at all. 
Jake yeah. Finley. I mean, that's, that wasn't a bad game. I mean, he... no, no, I wanted about, I wanted about 150 yards though. Yeah, he's just not living up to the standard that we set for him on this podcast. I can't believe he's not, he's not meeting our, our expectation and our standard. Like, we're gonna have to have a talk with him after the show. Like, get him, get him fired up again. Um, but what we do want to talk about is South Carolina here for a second. Jake Bentley went 17 for 35 with three touchdowns, one interception. So not a very good completion rate, um, just under 50%. Um, but good touchdown interception ratio, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, QB rating of 61.2. So not great. But um, if you do recall the previous week, Michael S. Michael Scarn, Michael Scarnetia, how are you going to say his name? I don't care. Scarnetia. But you know, but you know who I'm talking about. Thank you, Jamie. You know who I'm talking about. He had a really good game the previous week against Missouri, and um, I'm pretty sure Will Muschamp's not giving him a chance to start at all. I think, I think he just loves Jake Bentley so much that he ain't trying to he ain't trying to mess with him. He's just trying to continue to let him start, no matter. I mean, at some point, yeah, if he got really bad, it would go back to the backup quarterback. But um, I guess it's a question, JB, since you're you're so keen on pronouncing his last name. Do you think? Do you think they should uh, make the switch and go back to Michael, Michael <laughs> Nedia, Mike Nikia, Michael Skarnikia. Okay. And I'm only for the switch if Bentley's not healthy. If Bentley is healthy, I would re- keep him in lineup as a starting quarterback. Bentley. I mean, Skarnikia is a fifth year senior, so he doesn't have any eligibility after this season. With Bentley, at least you're going to have him back next year. He needs. He is. He is what he is. But you want to keep consistency, too. I mean, Skarnikia hasn't just blown anybody away. He just managed the game really well against Missouri, and, and I gave him all the credit for it. But the thing with Bentley is, it's just like it's not that vast of a difference between those two quarterbacks that you just bench Bentley. Yeah. like he would have, Skarnikia would have to blow me away in order to bench Bentley, and he isn't, just hasn't. Isn't Bentley's dad still like the coach on the team somewhere? Yeah, he is. What is what was what's his? It's not the offensive coordinator. What is was he doing though? I forgot what. It I believe he is the uh, wide receivers coach. Yeah, so I don't know if like that has some kind of effect on Bentley Stone being the quarterback. But you really can't. I, I, I agree with you, Joe. You can't just say one one good game against Missouri equals yeah, you should be the starter. But the point I guess I'm making is Bentley isn't living kind of like Trayvon Williams. We'll, we'll get him Trayvon Williams the same room and say you know you aren't you aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing according to SEC slow smoke standards. So y'all need to get it together. So I'm kind of disappointed in Bentley for not being as good as he could be. But um, looking ahead for A&M, we, we won't get into the preview too much for all their upcoming games. But they play, they do play Mississippi State and um, LSU still. But um, they're what I think like top twenty now. It's number seventeen ish. Let's see, twenty. Uh, what are they? I think they're seventeen. I forgot what what actually they are now. Um, I think they're top twenty, but they're um, they're looking like the team we wanted them to be overall, or that we thought they could be. You know, they beat um, Kentucky, which is a way better one than we thought originally. But um, I mean, their their schedule isn't downhill completely from them with Mississippi State and LSU, but they are winnable games. Both Mississippi State's going to be kind of hard. It's at Mississippi State. We'll see how that goes. Holt probably doesn't isn't too confident at that game because. He's a Mississippi State fan. Apparently, can't be confident as a Mississippi State fan, but they do go to Auburn, which looks like an easy task now. They do uh, host LSU. That won't be easy, um, still, even though they're hosting. But they, I mean, they have a chance to run the table the rest of the way. I don't think they will, but um, a nine and three A and M team isn't isn't going to be too too unrealistic finishing out the year, and that's a really good first year for Jimbo Fisher. 
Agree? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just like we were saying, I mean, their two losses are Alabama and Clemson. Those are two of the best teams in the country. And Kellen Mond has looked great. I mean, he had another big game on the road against a decent secondary. And, uh, you know, he just played really well. And, uh, you know, you got to give their tight end a lot of credit, Sternberger. Like, the dude is just a monster. He has a big game every week. And, you know, probably going to be the first team all-conference tight end. Um, just a big-time player for him. And, you know, Mond has just showed a lot of poise. And Jimbo Fisher's done a great job with him this year. And, uh, you know, Texas A&M is definitely ahead of schedule and looking like, uh, you know, they're going to be a contender in the West sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, they're paying their coach, well, I think, like seven and a half million a year, like a boatload, a shit ton of money. I don't know the exact quantity, but it's probably a shit yeah. ton. Maybe, maybe I think it's, yeah, I think it's one and a half shit tons. Yeah, one and a half shit tons. Um, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, don't do it. Don't you laugh like that. Um, they are paying him one and a half shit tons, um, but it would cost 10 shit tons to buy out Gus Malzahn's contract. $32 million is what I looked up, and that is 10 shit tons. So, um, I don't know. They're not going to fire Malzahn this year because that's way too much money. But um, he just needs to figure out what, what kind of team they want to be. They're, they're just not as good. And, you know, we were talking about Derek Mason being what a chicken. If it wasn't for him, we could also talk, talk about Jared Stidham as the what a chicken because he had just had a shitty game, and he could have um, – he should have taken sacks instead of throwing the ball. He was trying to force a little too much. And I, don't, I just don't know what he's doing. Um as a quarterback, like he just he has the size, um, kind of like your boy Drew Lock. Um, they both are just having down years altogether. Drew Lock had two or three interceptions. Let's let's look it up real quick. Um, I think he had three interceptions. Holt against. Yeah, he had a touchdown though in the first quarter. Oh, sorry. Two, excuse me. Two interceptions. Two interceptions. One touchdown. But thirteen for twenty six, one hundred forty two yards, which isn't super surprising because Alabama's defense is really good. It was at home, but. Um, it's just it's not not a good year for it's not a good year for SEC quarterbacks like we thought it was going to be with Sidham and Drew Lock the top quarterbacks coming down and even even Fitzgerald isn't what we thought he was so um, we know Tua is good and we know Jake Fromm is good after yeah, that and Kellen Mond's been playing really well too just like we were saying and Kel- yeah all, although Jake Fromm did have probably the worst game of his uh, short career so far uh, this past week against LSU. You know the thing, the thing with Fromm is that he never has to he never has to play close games or he hasn't had to yet that much. He he did obviously he did really well last year against against Oklahoma in the um, playoff game. He didn't he did I think he did I forgot what that numbers was the national championship game, but he had a pretty good game in that championship also. But um, most of the games he played played this year, it's like he doesn't really have to do too much for them to win. Uh, but I do think he's more than a game manager, like we've been saying before. So I think he's pretty good, but. Um, uh, this is the first game where he had to play a elite defense, and we'll see how he does. For yeah, the- Joe Burrow played pretty well. You know, not, not great, he, but you know, he is the ultimate game manager. He's like, yeah. Well, see, the thing with me is like, you know, the game manager has kind of a negative connotation, but like he he pl- he plays with like a lot of swagger and like leadership, and I think the team like really feeds off of him, and he plays with a lot of toughness, like running the ball, and just you know he doesn't really make mistakes to hurt his team. So I mean, he definitely. There's a positive impact on the team, you know what I mean? And Did, game manager kind of has like a negative connotation to it, but he's, I mean, he's played really well, I think. Our focus wasn't on the Alabama game uh, because all the other games were on and it wasn't a close one. But did y'all, did y'all catch to see if two actually played in the fourth quarter? I don't think he did. I think he had a knee injury and they took him out. 
Okay. Oh, oh, because he's all right. I'm assuming he's not. He's gonna be playing next week, or he'll be. Yeah, playing. I mean they're, you know, they're being kind of quiet about it. But he had an injury like going into the week, but it was mild, and then he hurt it during the game, and they took him out and they bring him back in. So I don't know how serious it is. I assume he's gonna be playing next week, so I haven't heard anything otherwise. Well, um, Jalen Hurts did go seven for eight for 115 yards. So he did have a higher QB rating against Missouri than Tua. So could be the the tide is turning in Jalen Hurts' favor finally. Um, he also had 15 yards rushing, three three attempts. Not nothing too outstanding, but um, also um, Lane Kiffin isn't the offensive coordinator anymore, so he doesn't probably design. They, don't, they probably don't design runs as much as they used to for Jalen Hurts. Which actually, Lane Kiffin needs to get a shout out for that because he made. Jalen Hurts, the SC Offensive Player of the Year, or what was a newcomer of the year, if yeah. freshman of the year. So, I think he was just Offensive Player of the Year, yeah. and then Blake Sims had a big year under him in 2014, also. And then you know he won a national championship with Jake Coker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think not. Um, I think the Blake Sims thing was a bigger accomplishment because I think. I think Coker had more potential, but although Coker was not a great quarterback either, but he made Coker look really good. Especially, yeah, I guess Coker was probably a little bit better because Coker looks really bad at the beginning of the year, and he ended up winning that championship and turning around. So that was probably a better coaching job by him. Um, yeah, well, that was the year they just gave the ball to Derrick Henry like 40 times a game. And then the Blake Sims thing was give the ball to Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, yeah. And just bail, bail us out, run him with the ball. Uh, that's all the SEC games. Around the country, there were um, some – games that mattered um i guess i don't know i don't know if any other conferences play football really when you think about sec but well there was uh one big game uh out in the pacific northwest that had some uh some implications for our uh pick uh that we got going on between me and jb oregon and washington which by the way we were at sky bar in auburn and there was a washington fan i guess i guess the best games for was two of them two of them I guess the best – what was funny was there's Tennessee fans that were, I guess were trying to be friendly and they were trying to root for Washington with them and just going crazy with them. I guess it's a cool friend thing to do. I and mean, they weren't friends before the bar, but um, hopefully they went home together after that. <laughs> but um, it was um, kind of cool to see. But, yeah, Washington, Oregon, um, I guess Washington's not as good as we thought they were. And that just they just had a shitty day all around because they lost to Oregon and then Auburn lost. Like their, their only loss they did have – it's just getting worse and worse every week, so it's not it's not looking good for Washington. Washington's definitely out of the playoff now, but Oregon, I guess, could still make the playoff. They're undefeated still, right? Hold, or they lost one? No, they they had that game against Stanford that they lost that they should have won. Right, so I guess they technically could still get if they because I guess right now they are the best team in the Pac-12 highest. Yeah, rate. well, I think their problem is their out of conference schedule is just really bad. Like they didn't play anyone out of conference. Ain't played nobody. Yeah, Pac-12 is just man. They're they're just not good this this year. They haven't been good for a while. I don't know when the last year, last time Pac-12 has been up to a Power Five level, true Power Five level because it's it's been a while. But um, I guess I guess you got that game right and JB got that game wrong. So I guess now you are tied. Yeah, tied. How about this season? We're, we're tied. still tied. You're still tied. Like none of us can just neither of us can just you know stretch out a lead here. <laughs> Well, you also picked the exact same teams to win, so it's not it's kinda of hard at that point. But I mean it's the right picks, I guess. But um whatever you did get the LSU game wrong, which isn't a big deal. Um UCF Memphis, um relevant nationally because UCF could 
try to be they're definitely going to try to be the best group of five team, but they also could try to sneak into the the playoff if there's a two loss power five team. Um, shout out to the AAC though; they have three undefeated teams: UCF, South Florida, and Cincinnati. UCF is the only team that looks kind of decent, but even then, they don't even look that great. Um, I was a little offended when Paul Feinbaum talks about um, UCF being a average Memphis team. Kind of hurt on the inside because <laughs> uh, Feinbaum is from Memphis. He doesn't like to wear it proudly, but he is from Memphis. So um, I guess we're gonna have to ship him, ship him out to uh, to Knoxville or wherever he is now. I'm not we're not gonna let him back in the south. I'll we'll call Central up and make sure he doesn't get any get any barbecue there. Um, <laughs> not even not even a smoked chicken. Um, West Virginia lost to Iowa State, which um, I think. Uh, Matt Campbell is a really good coach. I think he's finally showed. I didn't know they had a freshman quarterback at Iowa State, so I guess that's a big deal. Um, but West Virginia um, is now making Big 12 look bad. There's not really – there's Oklahoma, Texas, and West Virginia now that all have one loss each. So that will be a good good uh, race there in the Big 12. And uh, Michigan State beats uh, Holtz national champion or semifinal? Semifinal. Yeah, national champion. Yeah, no, national champion. Yeah, so you're so, you're kind of messed up there, and then Michigan. Yeah, well, sorry for I could I guess I could have just picked out Bama and been like everybody else, but you know yeah. I just wanted to be a little bit different. So well, if it makes you feel me. better, I did pick Auburn to win the national championship, so they don't. They I guess they could still potentially get it get it together, and uh, they're just gonna have to have uh, some four loss power five teams take over. So that's gonna be that'll be true true chaos. That'd be crazy to see if just every team lost. They wouldn't know what's right. um, and then Michigan beat Wisconsin. I guess Harbaugh is now being claimed as, as a good coach, finally, and not try to get, like, third or fourth in the Big Ten East or whatever division they're in. Um, so um, we'll see how that, that plays out with Michigan. Michigan has – I think Michigan would be favored against Penn State now and then um, Ohio State game is at Ohio State, I think. So it'll be a good game. And uh, Ohio State will probably be favored, but it'll be a good game with Michigan. We'll, so we'll see. I think Shea Patterson is finally a good quarterback for him. So uh, – Pretty good stuff happening around the country. Before we go, JB, what else do you have to say for the SEC Slow Smokes listeners? <laughs> um, I don't really have anything else to, you know, to add here. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything else to add. Um, I guess I, I can say uh, – I guess I want to give I, I want to give a shout-out to uh, the guys that came with us uh, this past weekend. My cousin Brooks and his friend uh, Brandon – yeah. Uh, they were from both from it. Yeah, both of them are from Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, in the heart of Big Ten country, uh, the home of uh, the Minnesota Go- Golden Gophers. And, and they have both. Of, yep. Yeah, I guess you can say that too. But both of these guys have never been to an SEC football game, so they were treated to their first game being uh, Jordan Harris Stadium with the Tennessee Auburn game, and both texted me uh, saying how awesome the atmosphere was and. How much they enjoyed it, and how much how awesome the SEC is. So that is some good publicity right there. Awesome. Yeah, Auburn was Auburn was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. Oh, um, I would definitely like to go back there again. They, I was um, I was saying uh, like to you guys that uh, you know when I went to Alabama and Georgia and like some other places, fans are always like really mean, and uh, it always makes me mad. But it actually makes me a little bit matter that Auburn fans are like super nice because I want to hate them like really bad, but I can't because they're all so nice. <laughs> Your your cousin did did tell me that he did go to the Wisconsin LSU game a few years ago. Whenever Wisconsin beat LSU at Lambeau Field, so I'm pretty sure that was a crazy environment in itself. But um, Auburn Auburn has more potential. That's the only thing I was kind of disappointed with that Auburn could have got a little bit louder. But I understand it was early, so 
um, that's just how it is sometimes. But um, other than that, thanks for uh, listening to us this long, viewers. I do want to shout out to uh, to uh, Tyler that was at our pregame last night, and he was um, he was texting us about Miss Miss Winners because we were we were talking about Miss Winners. Like, what the fuck is a Miss Winners? <laughs> and as set him straight and tell him uh, we didn't go there. But uh, thanks for listening, Tyler. And uh, you officially he officially met all three members of SEC Slow Smoke. So I guess he's I guess he feels famous now, um, pretty pretty big because we're I guess, we're, I guess we're big now. We're we're getting we're getting some more publicity. But anyway, thanks for listening, everybody, including Tyler. SEC Slow Smoke. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram and uh, iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes as, as at SEC Slow Smoke. Until then, we will see you in a few days. <laughs>